Welcome to another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. I'm your friend, Phil Vecchio, and on this episode, we'll be discussing Season 4, Episode 5 of Family Ties. This episode is titled, Don't Go Changing, and it originally aired on October 31st, 1985. And with me, as always, to discuss this episode is my very special co-host, Keith. Hey, Phil. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. It's Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. I'm surprised they... Like, have we had a Halloween episode yet? I don't remember any of them. I don't think so. And this may be hard for, like, modern viewers to to fathom, but, like, Halloween episodes and Halloween in general was not as big of a deal when I, I at least in my, from my perspective, when we were kids. Like, yeah. not that we didn't celebrate Halloween, but, like, you know, it was like one night and then you're done. Maybe you put out pumpkins a couple days ahead of time. Yeah, there's definitely not like the decorations and stuff like like there is now. I don't remember anything like that. I mean, maybe someone would put out like a little something, but like it was pretty minimal. Huh, I, I don't even know if as a kid we put pumpkins out. I just remember you would go to the houses with the lights on and that was it. I, mean, I remember carving jack-o'-lanterns. That was a thing we did sometimes. I mean, that's kind of it. I don't feel like we really even get that many, like, Christmas or Thanksgiving episodes. No, that's true. There's less of that. But we got some, whereas, I mean, like, I'm trying to think of, like, classic sitcoms that have Halloween episodes at all. That's true. I mean, now, every Halloween, you've got an episode. I don't know. I think that's more of a thing now. Well, I like it now, so. Well, this may not have been a Halloween episode, but it had a lot. We've got a lot to talk about in this. Oh my gosh, it was such a good episode, and we got a Nick <laughs> reference. And Ellen is back. Yes. It's been a couple episodes since Ellen. And, <laughs> and there was some David in there. In fact, there was probably so there was more a David, lot of David than we needed. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> We'll talk about that for sure. Oh, yes. Yes, we were the elephant in the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy. Yes. <sighs> uh, yeah, let's just say uh, I hope we don't have any more David, so we'll have to find out when we get to the uh, <laughs> guest stars. Yes, we will. We'll, we'll get to that. But uh, needless to say, it was uh, he was awkward. Yeah, <laughs> he was present. He was there. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> All of them. All of them was there. Well, before we do get into the episode, I just want to remind all of our excellent listeners out there that if you would like to get a hold of us, send us a message. You can do so by emailing us at alexbkeatonismyfriend at gmail.com. Or you can also go over to our Facebook page, Alex B. Keaton is my friend. Send us a message there. And while you're at it, please join our Facebook group. A group for the fans of Alex B. Keaton is my friend podcast. That's a fun group. I think more more people should join. I think so too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, and then one other like small kind of an announcement thing, but a cool thing that I just discovered. I actually, I mentioned on our last episode that I was a guest on a different podcast, which was the Good Patron Podcast, and I was talking with the host of uh, that show. His name is Garrett, who's a really cool guy, and and. When he was making the post about the episode, he asked me what my Podchaser account was. Are you familiar with Podchaser? No, I don't know what that is. Okay, I didn't either. And I was like, no, I just like that. I don't know what that is. So it's this really cool site. It's kind of like IMDB for podcasts. Like it has all the episodes of a show and it has like, you know, it lists who is the host, if there's any special guests or anything like that. And then you can click on the person, you know, so like on our show, it would say our names and then you would click on the person and then, you know, you could click to their page and see other things they've been on. But it's also kind of like a little bit of social media because, you know, you can follow other people, you can follow podcasts or other creators. And the other cool thing is it also gathers our RSS feed. So our episodes are actually on Podchaser and you can go and listen to our show on Podchaser. Wow, that's not really cool. It's really cool. So I signed up for an account because it's automatically on there, but you just have to go on as a podcaster and uh, and claim your show. Mm-hmm. So as of this episode, I'll be officially attached to it. But already you can go on to Podchaser and listen to Alex B. Keaton is my friend on there. And it's really cool. And 
Keith, hopefully, if you're up for it, you'll go on. It's free. It's free to do, you know, but you got to go on and just sign up, make a little account and make a profile so we can attach you to it as well. Yeah, that's super cool. I'm actually on the page right now looking at it. And if you search Alex Bikini, my friend, it doesn't link me with it yet because I have to do this a little. There's a little process to do that. Oh, okay. Um, but by the time this episode comes out or shortly thereafter, it should be linked. Sweet. And you see our episodes on there. And if you search for Phil Vecchio, I have, an, I have a profile on there right now. But there's nothing linked to me yet because I also have to do it for my other show, Mandarin Orange Show, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It says it's hosted by Phil Vecchio. Nice. It's really cool. So he uses it to, like, you know, put his guests on there and stuff. And I think we're going to get that going. So you can listen. That's another place you can listen to our show. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you, sir, for uh, letting you know about this. So now we, we can be part of it. That's right. So again, another shout out to Garrett over there at the uh, the Good Patron Podcast. Very cool. Nice. Well, so with that, should we jump into this episode? Yeah, let's do it. Sha la la la. Yeah, it's a great episode. Very Alex centric. Uh, it's all about his relationship with Ellen and kind of how it's progressing. So it was kind of interesting to see, you know, what's going on with that. Uh, we open up in the kitchen with the girls playing cards. And Elise is saying, you know, here's a bottle. You're good to go. And she and Steven are heading out to a book club on (laughs) Monday nights. And Steven is super excited to be part of that. (laughs) So Steven and Elise are going to take a literature class. And it's over at uh, the library or some sort of a center or something that they're going to. You know, (laughs) Steven comes in and he's pretending to be sick and he has a a fever of 135. (laughs) And uh, Elise is not letting him off the hook that easy. So she's going to make him go. Meanwhile, Alex is supposed to be with Ellen at an Ingrid Bergman movie. Was it just one movie or was it like a, what do you call those things when they have a bunch of them together? Like a film festival? A film festival, yeah. Interesting. It's actually Ingmar Bergman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not Ingrid. It's two different people because this is the director, Ingmar. Okay. Because there's also an Ingrid Bergman, which is an actress. That's right. Yeah, Ingmar is a director. Yeah, so that's who they were going to see. Known for, I think he's Swedish, according to my research, and known for art-type films. Probably the most famous of which is uh, The Seventh Seal, which is like there's a famous scene where the character is playing a game of chess with death. Oh, interesting. And it's kind of what they were spoofing in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey when Bill and Ted go and play all the board games with, with death in that Except they play like Twister and stuff with a death instead. So it's funny because I'm looking at the movie poster and the death from Bill and Ted looks exactly like death from the, the movie poster for The Seventh Seal. Yeah, there's no question that's what they were going for. And But then what's interesting is that, you know, he started doing films, I think, in the 40s, but he still was making movies. His, his last movie that he did, like major movie, was in 1982. Oh, wow. So... A little before this episode, but it, you know, would be, they could have been going to a fairly current release, you know? Huh. Because you gotta figure, you know, if this, if he's doing it, you know, it's released in, in Europe or whatever, it might not have come stateside until 1985. So that could have been a fairly current reference. No, that's true. I guess releasing movies, you know, uh, in Europe plus America around the same time is kind of a new concept. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Alex and Ellen and a couple of friends end up coming back to the house, and that's where we find out that Alex was not a big fan of the uh, the art art form and the movie and the director. So, needless to say, he is not going to be seeing many more of the Ingmar Bergman movies. <laughs> so, while the friends are at the house, they're trying to figure out what they're going to do next, and there was espresso, and one of the professors was going to read poetry or something, and and so... <laughs> Ellen wanted to go, but Alex didn't want to go. He had a pie in the oven, but since he just got home, I'm I'm thinking he was just messing around on that one. So the other friends left, and then Alex and Ellen talked back and forth. And he's like, no, no, you want to go with your friends? Go. It's okay. It's okay. And, and she's like, oh, man, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, yeah, go, go, go. The second she's out the door, he's like, I can't believe she went. <laughs> so that's when he starts to have a little bit of a crisis, a meltdown where he's thinking about – how maybe they're not compatible and they're not going to work out after all. After that, Stephen and Elise talk him into trying to, you know, kind of meet her in the middle there and to have a conversation with her and to 
to try to just, you know, have something in common with her friends. And he finally decides that he's going to give it a shot. But he ends up going to the dance studio to talk to her. And he's going to invite her to hang out for the night. And they're going to go play mini golf. He's going to get a couple of rounds of mini golf in. And unfortunately, she's not available because she's got tryouts for this big dance group that uh, she's excited about. And that's when we find out that David is also part of the dance dance troupe. David is wearing short the shorts. Big part of the dance he, he is. He's really tall. And those shorts are really tight. Insanely tight. There was nothing left to the imagination tight. No, no. Like, it, it went... I don't even know how he got that on his body. No, he, they had to paint it on. And if you look around the room, I mean, other people are wearing, you know, leotards and stuff, but he was the only one that was that pronounced. <laughs> That's a really nice way of saying yes, that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It was hard. There's no way you can watch that scene and not that be the focus of the scene. Like, no. Well, and he's so much taller, too. So I'm like, Alex is practically looking at that every time. You know, he's in any <laughs> yeah. kind of a scene and he didn't break. So. And there's no good angle either. It's not like, no. you know, he could stand behind him because that's not a whole lot better. <laughs> no, because, yeah, no. So he that fella must be a dancer, though, because he was actually pretty good as far as the dancing part of it. He's very flexible. I couldn't pretend to do that. No. Like, I was an actor, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. So we flash back, you know, after that whole thing doesn't work out. We go back to the kitchen. We find out that Stephen and Elise are going to week two of the book club. And Stephen comes down with the TV because he is not going to miss Monday Night Football again. <laughs> I think it was the Bears and the Rams for the second game. and Browns. Rams oh, versus Browns. Browns, that's it. Yeah. It was Lions versus Raiders the first time and then Rams versus Browns. Those Are those real? I know Raiders. Yeah, they're all real teams. Those are all real. Okay. Yeah, Cleveland Browns and then obviously the Rams, you know, back in – the 80s, I think they were L.A. then, or Anaheim. Yeah, they've jumped around quite a bit. Yeah. I, I even know that. And who knows where the Raiders were at that time? I mean, was it L.A. or Oakland or who knows? Who knows? I don't. <laughs> Did you also see what Stephen was drinking? He had like a six-pack of like a glutz. No, no, I didn't notice. The good thing is Elise says that he couldn't take his TV, but he had a, a Walkman radio around his neck that he was going to be able to listen to the game. So he wasn't <laughs> going to miss out again. Okay, so I have to ask, is it like I felt like Steven is not a sports guy. I feel like I don't remember him ever being that into sports before. Not crazy like that. I think he's watched sports and he's talked about sports. And, you know, obviously Jennifer, I think, is more into sports than Steven is. Yeah. That's kind of, I always thought he was more of a casual, like, if sports are on kind of guy. I didn't ever get the vibe of, like, crazy football fan guy. No, I mean, that's kind of the first, I think, that we've ever seen him be, you know, that excited about any kind of a sport. I think he's watched more yeah. baseball, too. Like, I don't, maybe they right, finally yeah. got the rights to be able to say football or something. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe the Raiders were just real popular at the time or something. Yeah, maybe. You know, they were hot that year, maybe. Or Monday Night Football. Like, how long was that a thing? Has that always been a thing, or was that new? It's been a thing as long as I can remember. How long can you remember? <laughs> <laughs> Not much, actually. Because maybe if that was, like, a new thing. It started in 1970. Okay, so that's that's been around. Yeah. September 21st, 1970 to present, obviously. And it's traditionally huh. been on uh, ABC. I mean, again, I don't watch football, but I know that there's Monday Night Football. That's, like, a famous... Thing. Yeah, the first game was uh, the New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns. Huh. Yeah. That was one of the teams in this episode. That's right. So. <laughs> I remember that. Well, and Coach John Madden, uh, and he was also a broadcaster, he actually just passed away recently. So I know who that is because of video games. Oh, that's right. That's right. Look at you. Yeah. See? All sportsy. I don't, I don't really play them, but I'm aware of them, you know. No, I'm terrible at the sports, sports games because there's so many buttons and things you got to do. Oh my and gosh. I'm te I've always been terrible at them. You have to know how to like actually manage a football team to play. You can't just like push buttons. I don't mind like the old ones like on the NES when it was just, you know, mm -hmm. it's more like a fighting game. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're all up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. Yeah, I, I can do that. So... As Steven and Elise are getting ready to go out to book club for night number two, Alex comes home with this big box that he just bashes around in the house as he's coming in. And uh, it's just filled with all kinds of 
books and records and all kinds of highfalutin stuff that he was talking about as far as trying to be able to get compatible with Ellen so that way he could really give it a <laughs> the college try. I think there's a painting in there for him to look at. Oh, too, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> at one point when Elise is trying to tell Alex, you know, about art and stuff that it elicits an emotional response. And <laughs> what does he say to her? He's all get off your high horse. <laughs> yeah, at your leisure or at your convenience, something like that. Yeah. And the look she gave him, I was like, oh, dang. And then he's like, well, at your leisure when you're ready. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely not having anything to do with the uh, – the art that doesn't no. uh, speak to him, but he's going to try. So he, he brushes up on it and then he shows up at the dance <laughs> rehearsal or dance um, tryout and he's wearing tights and he's wearing appropriate shorts and a t-shirt over the tights, <laughs> which is good because with the routine that he did, if he was wearing what David was wearing, there would be problems. Yeah. That could have been a little bigger issue. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so David gets to go first. He performs, and everybody claps and talk. You know, they're all you know. Oh, so great, so great. And so Alex jumps in next, and he's ready to go. And his um, uh, well, we're gonna I'm sure talk about the song in during the uh, music segment. But uh, he gives it his best, and unfortunately, he makes a fool of himself. And he injures himself doing somersaults and flipping around. And he's <laughs> laying on the table at one point looking at the, uh, I guess, the troop leader. Or he ends up you know, with Jump. his tail between his legs and he goes back home and he's talking to Stephen and Elise. And we get another great transition of them trying to get out of wherever, you know, the family is that's trying to talk. And they were going to go <laughs> dance in the living room. <laughs> I was like, oh, they must have finished the solar panel project. I guess so. <laughs> so Alex and Ellen have this really good heart to heart. And uh, she tells him that nobody has ever gone out of their way to show her how much they care for her by making a complete fool of themselves. And she tells him to never stop and to never change and to just be who he is because she loves who he is. And then we get the kiss freeze frame. Oh, yeah. That's the episode. It is. I mean, we got very little of Mallory and Jen. Uh, we get yeah. a little bit of Stephen and Elise a couple of times, and that's it. It's it's Alex and Ellen and David. A lot of David. And David. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like there was two of them. Yeah. <laughs> Felt like there was another character. <laughs> yeah. It's David 1 and David 2. <laughs> Not credited, though. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> it has its own IMDb, though. <laughs> <laughs> it should. <laughs> it was in two episodes just because it took. Never mind. <laughs> oh, boy. So, <laughs> man, that dance scene, too. Like, Michael J. Fox, he's very funny in so many ways, but his physical comedy should never be overlooked. Like, that was spectacular. I was just busting up. Oh, my gosh. I, when he, like, jumps into David's arms. Yes. And then, did you see the girl? She was wearing the white sweater and she was like on the far left of the screen and she's, you know, doing the whole face thing. And I mean, she was just chewing the scenery in the back there. Really into it. Yeah. Oh, she made me laugh so hard. I watched that dance scene twice, though, because it was just funny. He did some pretty high kicks when he like jumped up and I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I don't use that uh, fancy French terminology when I'm doing simple body movements. <laughs> right. But, uh, <laughs> but whatever it did, he, he kicked pretty high, you know. Yeah, the plies so. and the pirouettes and the, all kinds of stuff. There you go. <laughs> Heidi did dance when she was a kid, so I've heard about some of it. Janelle did some dance and uh, was a cheerleader in high school and college. Oh, okay. So she knows some of those things, too, but she... Gave up a long time ago trying to get me to understand any of the things about it. So yeah, if we're ever watching a movie or a show though, and someone's dancing, I'll go, "Oh, Janelle, are they a good dancer," <laughs> and then she'll judge them and say, "Yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good." Or, and can she tell if it's like you know something that's quasi fake and they're just they've got a couple of moves or? Yeah, it's like when we're watching a movie with a band. Janelle asks me if they're really playing the instruments. I go to her and see if they're really a dancer or not. And that David guy was definitely a dancer. Yeah, he was a dancer. <laughs> but Ellen did a great job too, though incredibly flexible too yeah i was kind of surprised alex has a whole conversation when he's kind of like bending over to talk to her because she's just like stretched and like folded in half. <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like hey we should go out and you should wear the leotard <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> she just finished over at Jazzercise. The outfits are very 80s. Oh, yeah. I mean, very 80s. <laughs> and that, I just, I'm so curious how, like, no one on set was like, hey, should we tone down this David's outfit at all, you know, or... Yeah, nobody Give thought a size bigger or something. Yeah, yeah, maybe put some shorts over the top of it. Something, anything. Yeah, like Alex did. Alex had like tights underneath his shorts mm-hmm. that were already kind of baggy. He wasn't going for that. Look. No, he was. <laughs> I wonder if David was he like a dancer? Was he? He had too much talent. Well, it sounds like it's time for us to get into guest stars. Yes, please. Sha la la la. So we actually have four credited guest stars on this episode. Okay. Up first, we do have David. David is played by an actor named John Scott Clough. Clough? C-L-O-U-G-H? Mm. Clough? I don't know. I don't know how you say that. I like Clough. John Scott Clough. Yeah. I'm going to say Clough. 38 acting credits and has like a... A pretty, like, varied, you know, a lot of, like, guest star spots on different TV shows, like Melrose Place, 30-something, step-by-step, Night Court, Growing Pains, etc. A lot of, you know, one-offs, or Night Court, he actually had, like, a three- or four-episode run, you know. Oh, so. wow. But not, I mean, from what I can tell, they're not all dance roles. Like, in Melrose Place, he was a doctor. In uh, Night Court, he was an officer. Some of them are just names. I don't know much. But, you know, that doesn't sound like a dancing role to me. Was there one where he was a gentleman? <laughs> I don't think so, oh, okay. no. <laughs> he also was in Captain Ron, which was uh, a family favorite of ours. Do you remember Captain Ron with Kurt Russell and Martin Short? No, not at all. Are you serious? Never seen Captain Ron? I can't. No, I don't think so. Okay, Captain Ron is like a really famous one in the Vecchio household because... When it came out in 1992, and so my little brother, it would have been, I guess, or maybe it was my little sister. One way or another, we went to the movies to go see it, and one of my little siblings, you know, kind of had a meltdown, and so my dad had to bring them out into the lobby, and he never got to see the last half of it. Oh, and so no. it was always this, like, you know, kind of jokey, but a little bit of a sore spot. Like, we'd say, oh, remember that part in Captain Ronnie? He'd be like, oh, I never saw that. And so, like, for years... He had, you know, oh, never got to see the end of Captain Ron. And finally, I don't know, several years later, I bought him a, like, VHS copy of it when it was, this is back when it was pretty expensive to get those, you know. So I waited until I could afford it. And I got him a copy, and then we watched Captain Ron. So he's seen it now. Anyway. Yeah, Kurt Russell's got an eye patch. What? Oh, it's fantastic. Martin Short is the dad, <clears throat> and he wants to take his family on this adventure. So they they hire a boat and a captain to take them on, like, this trip around the Caribbean and they're going to go to see all the different islands and go to all these exotic ports and they hire Kurt Russell who's like this crazy drunk like you know probably a criminal and they get in all kinds of you know crazy adventures and stuff it's so it's so good and it's also like cool to see all these places in the Caribbean it's beautiful and it's really funny and I highly recommend it well I'm gonna have to check it out right after you're done with your other checklist that I always do <laughs> Fletch lives, etc. Yeah, you would have thought I would have watched some over the uh, the Christmas break, but never got a chance. I understand. I've got a watch list on Netflix that's like years long. So. <laughs> oh, I'll never get to all the things I've added to my watch list. And don't you hate like when you, well, I don't know, maybe you don't have this problem because you have a long watch list, but I'll get there and Heidi's like, oh, let's pick something. It's like, okay. And it's like, oh, what about this? No. What about this? No. Okay, I'm tapped out. That's all I know. <laughs> well, okay. I have a similar problem, but when we do it, it's like, oh my gosh, this or that. And I wind up spending like half an hour looking through the list of all the stuff I've got. And then I'm like, yeah, I mean, there's so much I can't decide. And then I wind up just watching something I've seen before anyway. You know? Yeah. And, and you're always happy when you're done though. Netflix. Right there with you. And now there's too many of the streaming services, so now I'm looking through a bunch of them just to see if there's something I really want to see. It's out of control. Yeah. That's why we do a show about family ties, because you always know you want to watch family ties. 100% of the time, always. Well, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your outlook, this is David's only appearance in Family Ties. Up next, we've got Gail, but one of the friends that was hanging out with them, you know, in the at the beginning of the episode. Gail was played by Pamela Springsteen. Wait, Springsteen? Springsteen. Any relation to somebody that would be Bruce? Yes, you are correct. What? She's actually Bruce Springsteen's sister. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, she's actually his sister. Apparently, she actually like got to tour with him. Um, I don't know if she just went along as like a sister or if she actually played or anything. But she did a lot of photography for his record singles. Then she did some acting. Wow. So yeah, Bruce Springsteen's sister is in this episode. Hot dang. Well, try you last week, and now we have Bruce Springsteen's sister this week. Seriously. That's kind of bonkers. I didn't even know he had a sister, though. Well, she also, as an actor, has 16 acting credits. She did, uh, you know, a few things through the 80s and the 90s and stuff. But she has roles in such uh, TV shows as The Facts of Life. Well, I guess, really, mostly she did movies. She was also in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, oh. My Science Project, Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3, oh. and, uh, and others. <laughs> But not number one. So Sleepaway Camp not one. one. She was not in Sleepaway Camp one. She didn't make the cut. Maybe they killed off everybody in one, so they had a whole new cast. Probably so. Although I don't think I've ever actually watched one of those, but I I get the drift, you know. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Interesting. But this is her only appearance on Family Ties. Just a brief, brief time with Bruce Springsteen's sister. I guess Alex doesn't have to worry about being friends with uh, Ellen's friends for very long. No, he does not. Well, he already said, she's like, you hate my friends. And he goes, hate is a really strong word. (laughs) And she's like, okay, you don't get along with my friends. He's like, no, I hate them. (laughs) And that's a perfect line. So now we know why we don't see him anymore. Up next, we have Ms. Deborah Henley, which is the instructor for the class. Oh, okay. The dance instructor. Yeah. Yeah, the dance lady. She's played by an actress named Jessie Wells. She has 29 acting credits, a lot of guest star spots on TV shows. Pretty much that's like her entire filmography. New Heart, Fame, The Rockford Files, Kojak, etc., etc. Oh, wait, Fame? Fame. Oh, so she's live it forever. keeping the dance. Uh... Uh, I didn't even like think of that. Yeah. My gosh. Sometimes I don't interpret the information that I see. See, you just you process it and move on. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, so another dance thing. They'll remember she my name. She must actually be a dancer. Yeah. Maybe maybe you should hold her closer. Is that a fame reference? I, I don't no, know fame. No, hold her closer, tiny dancer. What's tiny dancer? Hold me closer, tiny dancer. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Is that... That's Elton John. Oh, okay. Okay. You don't know Elton John? I mean, I know who Elton John is. Could I have said that was a song by him? No. Oh, <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, hopefully you'll edit that part out, too, then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it plays later. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes. Well, yeah. yeah. It's always more funny when it, it, it's a crash. Yeah. Sometimes it can be. <laughs> That's the best kind. Interesting. Okay. So she, she kept the uh, the dance stuff going, though. Definitely. There's got to be some real dance experience there. But this is her only appearance on Family Ties, so... We don't ever get to see her doing the dance thing with Ellen. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll never see how Ellen performs. I guess not. Well, and then finally and briefly, we have Roberta, which I'm pretty sure is another one of the friends. Yeah, she must have been one of the ones that went to the house. Yeah. Yes. And she only has three acting credits, but this is interesting. So she had one appearance on Live from Lincoln Center. I don't know what that is. But then she is also in the TV series Fame. Oh. And she's in 90 episodes, but it's as a just dancer. Sometimes she's credited as a name here and there, but it's more like she was just part of the like dance troupe that's on that episode. 90 episodes of Fame. Wow. How sad, though, that she never got bumped up to, uh, you know, like real actress. But, I mean, she probably did a lot of dancing, too. Again, not a ton of information about her biography. So it says Live from Lincoln Center was a show on they broadcasted world-class performances from the stages of the Lincoln Center into homes across America and it was brought to us through uh PBS. That's like another dance thing then that yeah. she was involved in somewhere. Definitely. Was she actually at the dance studio then? Did we see a Roberta dance also? I don't remember. I wonder if that was my my uh, favorite lady though with the with the white sweater. It could have been. I don't know. I'll have to, have to go back and look. Regardless, this is her only appearance on Family Ties. But if you want to see more of Bronwyn Thomas, which is the actress I forgot to mention, you can watch Fame. Yeah, I can't wait. Did you ever watch Fame or no? 
No, I just more know the theme song because they would always play like an ad for it during some, I don't know, afternoon cartoon or something I like to watch. Interesting. Well, the teacher was uh, that Debbie Reynolds, I think is her name. And she, my wife started watching uh, Grey's Anatomy a few years ago. And Debbie Reynolds joins the cast, you know, in like season 12 or 13 or I don't know what season it was. And I used to watch Fame because my aunt loved that show. And so I would always get stuck watching it too. And when I saw her on that on Grey's Anatomy, I was like, "Oh, what!" So it was pretty exciting. Never, never seen either of them. Well, you're not missing too much, I guess. But <laughs> well, and that's it for guest stars. That's all that was credited. All the other dancers and folks in there just uh, uncredited. Oh, you missed David Shorts. Oh yeah, David Shorts. <laughs> well, they were in a supporting role. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one was perfect. Yeah, Um, (laughs) and they were supportive. The casting session for that one, though, was really out of control. Oh my gosh, that was nuts! (laughs) (laughs) Really getting into the cracks on that one. Oh man, there was no crevice left unseen. No, no, there was not. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. And if you haven't watched this episode, if you're just listening and you don't watch, at least you got to watch the dance scene. You'll know what we're talking about right away. Oh, yeah. It pops up immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're so dumb. I know. Are we in junior high? I forgot. Yes, I think so. I think so. Yeah, we were when yeah. this aired originally, so it's okay. That's yeah. So you know, my sense of humor hasn't changed. Any. <laughs> Actually, uh, eighty five. I wasn't in junior high yet. No, I wasn't yet either. But, yeah, you know, same thing though. Well, those are fun guest stars. <laughs> Sha la la la. So you mentioned something during the dance sequence. When Alex is doing his interpretive dance of the stock market crash in 1929, <laughs> by the way, which was which was epic. Yes. The song that is played there, you said that you thought that was licensed. Tell us why you thought it was licensed. What song did you recognize? So, oh gosh, now I can't think of it, but was it like one of those old songs like Camp Town Races or... Yeah, it was the theme song from The Lone Ranger. Oh, that's it. But that's actually, I think, I feel like we've heard this on Family Ties before, because I feel like I remember sharing this before. It's actually the William Tell Overture, which is like a classical music piece by Rossini. It's not uh, something they had to license. They just used a classical music piece. Oh, because it's, uh, it's tapped out on time frame then, right? Isn't it only licensed for so many years and then you can use it after that and you don't have to pay royalties? Except that it's like old, old. The Lone Ranger used a piece of classical music for their theme. Uh, Yeah, 1829. Oh, wow. They didn't have to license it. No. Modern audiences would probably be most familiar with The Lone Ranger. I mean, modern, older audiences, I guess, but... (laughs) Yeah, because when was The Lone... Like, The Lone Ranger wasn't really even a thing when we were kids, was he? I mean, like, you know, reruns, though. Yeah, there were tons of reruns. I I remember watching that as a kid. Okay, I don't remember that one. Probably on those local TV stations or whatever. But they did do a Lone Ranger like remake, which I'm sure at some point in there they used that theme song, whether or not it was like heavily featured. I don't know. Yeah. And I saw the movie and I can't remember. That was uh, Army Hammer and Johnny Depp, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, Alex, uh, he said his interpretive dance would work with pretty much any song. So, and it, it did. Right. <laughs> I think he, sure did. he amped it up. Woo. <laughs> Sha-la-la-la. So, another pop culture reference that was made when uh, Alex is arguing with them about going to see Ingmar Bergman's other movies. He, they ask him what kind of movie he likes. And he's all, did you ever see Ronald Reagan in Bedtime for Bonzo? Oh, that's right. And this is like a famous thing. I mean, I'm assuming most people probably know this, but Ronald Reagan, who's president of the United States from uh, 80 to 88, if I'm not mistaken, or I guess it's technically 81 to 89, the election is in 80. But anyway, 
yeah. throughout the 80s, uh, you know, Ronald Reagan, Republican, and so Alex's character is like a huge fan. But before that, you know, he before he became a politician, he was an actor, and his biggest role was in a movie called Bedtime for Bonzo, in which he co-starred with a chimpanzee. <laughs> have you ever seen Bedtime for Bonzo? I never have, no. Really? Mm-mm. One of my history teachers at some point had us watch it in class. Oh, really? And it's funny because, you know, you think of like, there's been several modern politicians, um, especially recently, that have been, you know, most famous for being celebrities and stuff. And it feels like a modern new thing, but that's happened. I mean, Ronald Reagan, there's a gag about it in Back to the Future. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because at the time, that's what he was known for, is being an actor with a chimpanzee, you know. Yeah, well, I think Bedtime for Bonzo was like in the 50s or something, wasn't it? Yeah, 1951. So, oh, okay, yeah. Um, and, and he goes back to 1955, so it would have been fresh in people's minds. Oh, that's what it is. It's when he's talking to Doc Brown, and he asks him who's the president uh, to try to prove, you know, that he's from the future. Okay. And he says Ronald Reagan. He's like, the actor? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Aw, Doc Brown. We just watched a movie um, – Oh gosh, uh, nobody. Nobody is the name of the movie, and it's the actor from Better Call Saul. Can't think of his name. Uh, Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and Doc Brown's in the movie with him. He plays his really? dad. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk's dad is Christopher Lloyd. It was a interesting movie. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. It's an interesting <laughs> cast. It, it is. Yeah, because Rizza's in it as well. Quite a lineup. <laughs> it was. I would have thought nobody would be in that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bunch of dead screen time. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen nobody? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Who's in it? No, nope, no nobody. <laughs> yeah. Well, just FYI, uh, don't let Janelle watch that one because it's got, I think, all of her least favorite genres. So, Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll make sure to keep her away from that. Yeah, that one's not going to be her favorite. Okay, so I had a couple, you know, we've talked about David's outfit in quotes, if you will, um, (laughs) quite a bit. But there was a couple of other fashion or otherwise things that I wanted to point out. For one, I suppose this is obvious because we talked about it last week, but Mallory's hair is back to her short new haircut again. Yep. Further demonstrating that that one was out of sequence. Which makes sense now, so... I mean, it made sense yeah. last week, too, but... But now we can see we're back to the same timeline there. <laughs> this timeline, yeah. Well, but, especially because you referenced Nick, too, so... That's right, which was fantastic. That was, like, one of my favorite little bits. Good line. Did you also notice Elise's interesting fashion choice in this episode? Ooh, I did not. Really? Both Janelle and I, like, noticed it at the same time. So she's wearing this weird necklace thing. I guess you call it a necklace, but it's more like a rope tied around her neck. And from certain angles, it looks exactly like a noose. Oh, boy. It looks like she's wearing a noose, like very much so. And it's from certain angles. Not all of them. I mean, it's definitely not that. But, you know, the way it kind of twists around itself in certain shots, it looks very much very noose like. Wow, I did not catch that. And she's wearing like a like a white or pretty white shirt, so it you know, kind of stands out real strong against it, you know. Interesting. A bold fashion choice there. You should just take a peek at that. It's like near the beginning of the episode, I think. Oh, like when they're going for book club, I bet. Yeah. It's one of her, I can't remember which one, but it's one of her book club outfits. Yeah, I'll have to check yeah. that out again. Yikes. I can't believe I noticed the fashion thing. <laughs> right? Well, Janelle probably helped you. Well, she did, except that we both at the same time, like, I saw it, and I, like, you know, I, like, type my notes when I'm watching the show, and I start clickety-clacking, and as I started it, she said, well, is she wearing a noose around her neck? Like, as I was typing noose. (laughs) We saw it, like, at the exact same time. Wow. And so I watched it with the girls, my girls, and so they didn't uh, talk about that, but they were eating their popcorn, watching Family Ties, having a good old time. (laughs) I love that you watch it with them. That's so great. <laughs> yeah. That's one of Tessa's favorite things. She finishes her popcorn and then she comes and sits on the couch right next to me. She tries to talk so a lot cute. during it, though. So I'm like, hey, we're watching a show. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Luke and Audrey will watch it sometimes with me, but a lot of times they want to do other stuff. You know, they're it's hit and miss for them, which I get. Well, they're at that age. 
They want to do their own thing. Sha la la la. Now another, I suppose, pop culture reference. Well, it's really old culture. One of the books that they're reading in the book club was War and Peace, I believe, by Dostoevsky. Yes. And I'm pretty sure we've gotten a Dostoevsky reference before in the show because there's the famous quote from Condor Man, if you bring the dip, I'll bring the Dostoevsky. Oh, yeah. And we talked about that before. So I'm pretty positive we talked about that because at some point they referred to War and Peace before. I believe you're right. So I remember talking about it before and then you brought in the Condor Man reference and then. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I can't remember if I said this on the show or not, but since we had that discussion, Janelle actually found someone, I think it was on Etsy probably, and got me a shirt that says, if you bring the dip, I'll bring the Dostoevsky. So I have <laughs> that shirt now, which is pretty great. Do you think he's referencing the fact that he'll bring the war or the peace? <laughs> oh. Well, in Condor Man, what he's saying is they're going to go to a party, and the, you know he's an American and it's a Russian you know, he's volunteering. I'll bring the dip because he's the American. Cause it's like, you know, low culture. If you bring the Dostoevsky, which is like the high culture or the Russian culture. Gotcha. So it, it's a specific thing to their relationship, but you know, I still like to say it. <laughs> yeah. It, it definitely rolls off the tongue nicely. It does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> la la la. Well, were there any other, uh, Good jokes or lines or anything we need to go over in this episode? Oh, well, I know that you caught the one uh, with Alex and Mallory and when she was talking about Nick and how they're almost like one person. Yes. <laughs> She's like, it's like we share one mind. <laughs> and what's Alex say? And Alex <laughs> says, who's using it tonight? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and everybody, like the audience was like, they were uh, way ahead of the jokes on this one, this episode. They were laughing hard, and then they hadn't even said the punchlines yet. Here's an interesting thing with that in particular, and I can't remember. I think it's on one of the discs on the DVD set that I have, or it's possible I watch this on YouTube, but I think it was on DVD where I have a blooper reel, right, for Family Ties, and that's one of the ones where like they were just losing it. They had to do it over and over again because they kept laughing at that scene. <laughs> So it's possible that the audience is laughing because they've heard that joke like five times and they finally got it right, you know. Oh, nice. Okay, that makes sense. That's my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was one of my favorite punchlines of the whole night. It was so And they great. were both smiling the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was coming, too. Yeah. The way he, like, let it build up and stuff. It was just so <laughs> – he was, like, going through options in his mind of how to respond to her saying that, you know. <laughs> yes. Oh, and then uh, one of my favorites, too, was when Elise and and Steven are getting ready to go. And he's like, I don't want to go. And she's like, well, if you don't want to go, just say you don't want to go. And he's like, okay, I don't want to go. And she's like, okay, fine. Well, if you don't want to go, that's fine. But the marriage is off. (laughs) And Steven's all, okay. (laughs) And who signs up for a book club? I have never done an in-person book club, but I have run an online book club off and on for a while. Although we haven't been active in a couple of years. But is it a book club with friends and, and people that you at least know? Or is it just like, hey, let's go to the library or wherever, the literature center and do a book club with a bunch of people? Well, okay. So we read the books together like with our family. But then I also open it up to listeners of my other show. So Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So it was kind of both. But we'll read, like, in our family, we'll all, okay, we're going to read the series, and everyone will read, like, the series together or whatever, you know. Isn't it hard, or do you have four copies? It depends. It depends on the book. Sometimes we'll take turns, sometimes we have multiple copies, or we'll get one from the library, or sometimes we just, you know, when someone's not reading it, you pick it up and you have your own individual bookmark. (laughs) There's four bookmarks in one book. (laughs) (laughs) There could be. Although, like, recently we read a series where there's five books and we kind of spaced it out so one person was reading one of the books at all times, you know. So who's the slow reader in your house? Well, the kids, believe it or not, definitely read more quickly than us because they have more time to read, you know? Oh, sure. (laughs) You know, because, like, for instance, let's say we're driving somewhere – I'm 90% of the time I'm driving and they'll spend a big chunk of time reading in the back, right? So they've got a lot more opportunity to get through this stuff. Okay. They're also very fast readers. Yeah. So it's kind of a one-two punch. So you let them go first and then you guys uh, follow yeah. behind. 
Audrey is probably, I mean, Luke is a fast reader, but he like, you know, he'll choose to play a video game here and there or watch a show or something. Whereas Audrey's probably her number one preferred activity is reading. And so like today she went through, I don't know, I think it was something like a 200 page novel. And then she finished off about a hundred pages of the book she was reading before. She probably read 300 pages just today. Not for anything in particular, just because she wanted to. Wow, that's awesome. She's a good big reader. Both of them read a lot, but Audrey, like, really reads a lot. Well, that's cool. I like to read. And hopefully it rubbed off on them, you know. I used to read books a lot, a lot, but now I just don't have time anymore. Stupid. Sha-la-la-la! So another bit that I loved, because like you said, Mallory and Jennifer didn't get a lot, but they each had, like, a really, like, killer line and the one that Jennifer got, Alex is going on about how he's got to make himself compatible to get along with Ellen. And he's going to do all these things. He's going to read these books and do all this stuff. And he's like, I just, I really have to start making myself more attractive to Ellen. And Jennifer goes, you're asking a lot of those books, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she's like the... I don't know, the secret weapon, you know. She doesn't doesn't have much of a role in the whole show, but when she does, oh. she's like golden. Yes, you know it's gonna she's gonna bring some heat. You've got a Jennifer line. Oh, she's good. What well, what's the name of the book that uh, Stephen and Elise were talking about? It's like uh, opera. Oh, opera, why it's more than just annoying, I think it was called. <laughs> yeah, he was going through. Janelle was pointing out, she said it's kind of like those books for dummies, you know, like opera for dummies, but this was before that, so that's like their <laughs> early version of that. Right. <laughs> Janelle said that Alex's whole thing, you know, trying to like wrestle with the fact that he and Ellen have different interests is very reminiscent, and this is true, of a conversation that we had before we were engaged, but we'd been dating and... I had been wrestling for this quite some time because we did have different interests and that, you know, there were lots of things we enjoyed the same, but she liked some different music than I liked. And, you know, not everything was exactly the same. And she like, we had this like hardcore conversation where she, cause one of my things was like, well, music is really important to me. And there's some of my music you're not into. And, you know, you like some stuff that I don't like. And so she had me over to her apartment and she pulled out her entire CD collection. And, you know, this was, she wouldn't have a ton of CDs, but she counted out all the CDs that she owned that were also CDs that I had. And she wow. had 72 CDs in common. And she's like, 72 CDs. Like, that's more than enough music for us to talk about. You don't have to like everything exactly the same as me, you know? <laughs> and it clicked though. Like, it really, like, for whatever dumb reason, that really helped me to, like, understand in a visual sense, like, yeah, you don't have to like everything the same. It's important to have an individual personality and interests and things because you are your own person. It's good to get along and like some of the same things, but you don't have to like everything the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to have some common interests and whatnot. You don't need a, a hive mind like Mallory and Nick, you know? Right. <laughs> You have to share a mic. And by the way, that's my moral of the story. I'm getting it out there now. That's that's the closest I'm getting to a good moral there. Oh, okay. Did you have one? I did. You know, mine is just be yourself. No matter what you are, be your best self, but be yourself. These are always so concise. I have to tell a whole story to get mine across, and you got it in like three lines. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Well... I'll tell you my secret someday. I got too many words. Is that what you're telling me? No, not at all. Well, with that, I think it's probably time to bring this episode to a close. Yeah. Well, thank goodness we got an Ellen episode. So it's been a while. I know. It was great. I love that she's still a part of the show. And I think knowing that they are married in real life just makes it that much more exciting to see them like in a relationship. It's fun. Yeah. Well, and we didn't get the song this time though. We did not. Partly because I think they were struggling in this episode. You know? Oh, so it wasn't all lovey-dovey. Although, did you notice that they kissed like every single time? Oh, goodbye. Oh, yeah. oh, I love you. Oh, I love you too. And then, oh, kiss. Kiss, kiss. Well, I mean, just because he doesn't like dance doesn't mean he doesn't want to kiss, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he liked the leotard fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this episode will always go down as the David's leotard episode. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been its real name. <laughs> David's well, 
Oh, David Leotard. <laughs> well, thank you, dear listeners, for joining us in this episode. Thanks for putting up with all of our Leotard talk because we really appreciate you guys being here. We love having you guys here. And Keith, thank you so much for recording with me this week. Oh, it was my pleasure. I love it. Where can people find us? They should find us on Facebook at Alex P. Keaton is my friend. They can yeah. find us on Gmail at Alex P. Keaton is my friend at gmail.com. They should join our friend group of friends of the Alex P. Keaton is my friend show. Yes, on Facebook. Actually. Yes. They can find us on Twitter and they'll see old tweets about Thor, I think. Probably so. <laughs> yeah. Someday. Very up to date. Yeah, it's very current. Well, there's going to be a, a Love and Thunder Thor this year, right? Yeah, it's just, you know, if you wait long enough, every broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's one of my favorite sayings. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Do you know that Tessa can tell time on a clock, like a regular, you know, Roman numeral clock, better than my two older ones? Tessa's five. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, she's like, oh, Dad, it's already seven o'clock, and I'm like, how do you know? She's like, look, and she's pointing well, to the clock, and I'm like, well, your brothers can see that, and they can't read it, So, and they're 20 and 16. You know, it just definitely clicks for some people different than others, like, because there's a lot of adults that don't do hand clocks so much. Oh, know? none. None clock. Yeah. It's got to be digital or nothing. No, she's good. She knows what time it is, and she's like, come on, we got to watch our show. <laughs> she's like, get that popcorn going. I'm like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> that's fantastic well i am so glad that we've got a new generation of family ties fans i I feel like our work here is is meaningful because of that so it's good now if it comes full circle and one of your kids and one of my kids does a podcast about our podcast about family ties that's when we know we made it that would be fantastic i mean there's got to be in the future there's going to be shows about other podcasts oh yeah They'll do neural links about our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Oh, it's such a good episode. I can't wait till next week. Me neither. Thank you guys once again so much for joining us. Please write to us and tell us what you think of David's leotard. (laughs) And we'll be back again next week with another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. What would we do, baby, without What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can love each other through. What would we do, baby?